Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Things are good in the Locked On world. We actually started a new Twitter handle. I need you to check that one out, too. I tweeted it out, too. Um, Locked On NFL. So, there's something to check out, too. You'll be able to find all the stuff there. Kind of coagulating. I don't know if that's the right word, but correlating. Putting all these things together to find easier ways for you guys to get in touch with the whole network. And there is an NBA one as well. So, things are good. Uh, I am Matt Williamson. For those of you who are new, spread the word. Hopefully, we are growing quickly. Um, it is Monday. By the time you read this, you're listening to this, probably the Monday Nighter has been rolling along. But I, I got the Ravens in that one in a close, kind of nasty game. Um, we already talked about the three Thursday games. So let's just dig into Falcons over Bucks. Falcons are now 7 and 4. Bucks are now 4 and 11, 4 and 7. FYI, you've probably figured this out by now, but every team has played 11 games. Buys are done. Um, past all that. And Tevin Coleman, nice game. But Julio went berserk. It went absolutely insane. And kind of had a sniff that that might be coming. I mean, the, the, the Falcons are playing really well right now. It's going to be a tough climb. It's going to be a really good battle, not only within their division, but for the wild card situation in their conference, it's going to be fun. But, I mean, last year, basically at this time, going into this game, Falcons were 6-4. and four, You know, so before this game, the Falcons were 6-4. and four. Well, they went to the Super Bowl, you know, and, and they look like they're heating up at the right time. I didn't know that this was an embarrassing performance or anything by the Bucs. They did some good things, um, but their season is shot, and it's, it's a disappointing one. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the Bengals beat the Browns 30-16. to And I thought the Browns played okay, um, including Kaiser. You know, that I think he's gradually getting a little better, though no one wants to really talk about it or admit it. Corey Coleman coming back, I think, is big for them. Miles Garrett is dominant already. I mean, I think he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the league. But they are still 0-11. The Bengals are playing their best football of the year. And I know a lot of people will dismiss it and say, that was against the Browns. But they controlled this game from the start. Consistent production throughout the whole game. Because they could run the ball. I mean, Mixon goes for under over 100 yards. Really looked good doing so. Pitches in as a receiver, too. And... Will they do that every week? Probably not because the Bengals' offensive line is problematic. And I think more than any back in the league, Mixon has suffered from poor run blocking. Um, but say what you want about the Browns. Yeah, I know they're 0-11. But their run defense is good. You know, that's the best thing this team has done all year. And they ran on a good run defense. There's something to be said for that. Titans 20, Colts 16. Um, gotta say, I did not see a ton of this one. We're starting to, I've been leaning towards more Henry and he had a decent game. I mean, I I think he's okay. You know, I mean, he's, he's all right. The, the Titans are still underwhelming to me. I know they're seven and four and now they're in first place and the Colts are better than people think. And that goes for Brissett. That goes for the coaching uh, their competitiveness at this stage of the game for where they're at. Um, I think the Colts are going to be one of the most interesting offseason teams. And I kind of hope Pagano stays. I don't think he will. But if you can, let's, uh, you know, I've said this a couple times. If Luck 
if you can trust him, if you think he's going to be back, and you trade Brissett for a second-round pick, and I would, I mean, I'm sitting here in Pittsburgh, i give you a second-round pick for Brissett, um, and you don't have to use that high pick on, you know, a, a quarterback that maybe you get the next Garrett or, you know, I mean, I mean, stud defensive player, or you trade it back and get a lot of things. I think the Colts will be an exciting team next year, and I like the way they're playing with, you know, pride. Tennessee finds a way to win, but I don't know how good they really are. Another team, am I wrong about the Bills to say they're not good? They're 6-5. and five. They don't have much talent. McCoy hardly ran the ball. 22 carries for 48, 49 yards. And the Chiefs are just terrible. You know, there's a lot of talk now it should be Mahomes. I think that's too early. But Smith's not playing well at all. I mean, the thing, you know, he is not playing well. People have that offense figured out where they play a lot of zone. They let you do all your razzle-dazzle pre-snap stuff and motion and window dressing. And you just don't really bite on it and kind of hold your water and come up and tackle and eliminate the big plays. Hunt is struggling and has is like zero production in this game. The Bills obviously deserve credit. You go into Arrowhead and you win that game. And their run defense was very, very good. Yeah, but I, I look at them and like, this is the worst above 500 team it, past Thanksgiving I've ever seen. And right now they could go to the playoffs. Um, Chiefs are a disaster. I mean, the Chargers are the best team in that division. Chiefs are a disaster. The Dolphins are also a disaster. This isn't a big shock. New England wiped the floor with them. Brandon Cooks, a lot of Gronk. A wide variety of running backs. Lewis led the day with over 100 yards, but he's still a part-time player. They give you Burkhead. They give you White. Brady took some hits in this game, but four touchdowns. You know, the Miami offense is really miserable right now, too. Not a lot to hang their hat on. I'm sure Gase is very fed up. I hope they stay the course. I think they will. And I think you get Gase and Tannehill next year, and I think there should be some optimism with that. Uh, maybe with a, some emphasis on let's get back to a running game. But Miami should be done. They're four and seven. They're done. What am I talking about? They're done. The Patriots are possibly the best team in the league. You'll find that out tomorrow. I'm going to do power ranks. We haven't done that for a week, speaking of. But New England's really good. Uh, they have some warts. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're not to the level where a lot of us thought they would be, where clearly they're the best team in the league and the nobody else. But Brady's been an MVP candidate, obviously. The offense is very versatile, very well constructed. I'm also a big Panthers fan, as you know. They're at eight and three. Narrow victory over the Jets, though. The Jets just don't go away. And how about Robbie Anderson? I really like Robbie Anderson. He has taken a big step forward this year. Like I don't think they should look at him and be like, "Oh, we got our number one receiver." But if he's your two, you know, and you mix in or Darius Stewart, you know what I mean? Like some of these younger guys. They may have some weapons. You know, that this Anderson dude was a really nice find for them. 146 yards and two touchdowns in this one. Um, McCown played well. He doesn't care. I mean, he's just out there slinging it. He's got. Not, he's playing with house money, and he's playing well. And I think it'd be crime not to bring him back in some capacity next year. Really like what the Panthers are doing. I'm shocked the Jets got to this point. I mean, it scored that many against the Panthers. But kind of a business trip. You know, go up to New York, get the win. Um, 
late return had something to do with it too. You know, Keekley returns a fumble for th- for late in the game to seal the deal, and he's playing unbelievable. The Panthers are a contender, man. There's no doubt. Uh, the Eagles are a contender too. They're ten and one. Um, the Bears. I thought this game might be close. I thought the Bears D. If you listened on Friday, by the way, I'm pretty good on my predictions. By the way, yeah, absolutely. I thought the Bears D might keep this pretty close, allow them to still run the ball. Yeah, and that wasn't a hundred percent wrong. Well, it kind of was. It was twenty-four nothing at halftime, and but the Bears couldn't run the ball. You know that Jordan Howard was non-existent. I, mean, I think he got me one point for my fantasy team this week. You know, it gives you, and they won't beat anybody. I mean, he has to be a highly productive player for the Bears to even sniff a win. Their receivers are just so awful. I mean, they're just so terrible. Um, Trubisky's showing some warts too, and you know, but I, I think his progression's moving along well. Zach Ertz gets back involved. You know, a many-headed backfield like we talked about with New England. Blunt was the guy at the top of the list today. Wentz remains spectacular and makes wild throws with regularity. You guys know I love him. Um, you'll see tomorrow, though. I mean, I love the Eagles, but their schedule hasn't been as brutal as you'd think. You know, I mean, even their loss was in Kansas City, and that's a tough game, but they, they've played a pretty favorable slate so far. Still, I mean, they're very, very impressive. And you guys know I'm an Eagles fan. I mean, I, I picked the, them to win the division. I think I'm one of the only ones I've seen out there that since day one picked the Eagles to win the East. Feeling pretty good about that. I also picked the Hawks to win the West, and they handled the Niners, as you would expect. Um, but not a ton to take away from this game. It was a struggle for a while. Um, Wilson has some magic, as always, but not a lot of foundation to hang your hat on for this offense, as usual. And everyone blames the line for that. And as big a Russell Wilson fan as I am, I think a lot of it's because he plays so much out of structure that it's hard to count on something week to week. Um, you saw McKissick and Lacey splitting carries. Lacey, to me, just, I'm done with that experiment. You know, like, just move on. I, I don't need any Lacey anymore. Jimmy Graham's remains an unbelievable red zone target. But the Niners are just short on talent and are probably going to lose this game 9 out of 10 times. Um, they'll build for tomorrow. We'll talk about that more, a lot more in the offseason. But the Hawks are in good shape. 7-4. and four. Um, You know, they're missing some things, but they're 7-4. and four. Raiders getting back in it to five and six. The Broncos are awful. Um, had a nice big fight in this game and Chaingate and Crabtree and Talib and Talib has figured out how to get under Tra- Crabtree's skin and these two are little children and then Lynch comes to the rescue of the guy on the other team again. Weird. Um, but speaking of Lynch, the Broncos quarterback Paxton Lynch did nothing. Got hurt was apparently crying on the sidelines, and you could understand his frustration. Simeon comes in and scores 14 points in the fourth quarter. Not that all of a sudden Simeon's awesome and Lynch stinks, but Lynch has shown little to get excited about against a bad defense. The Raiders actually rushed the passer some in this game. Mack was the stud without question, and they got their first interception of the year. On what's the date today? Today is 11-27. So, 11-26, the Raiders get their first interception of the year. On a very crazy play. It bounced around in the end zone and falls on into Navarro Bowman's stomach as he's laying on the ground in the end zone. Um, But I think Lynch still looks good. I mean, the numbers aren't great. 26 carries, 67 yards. But I think he's a valuable member. 
Cooper got hurt. Crabtree got ejected. But Carr played well. He played very well, actually, against a very good D. Um, the Broncos' offense is maybe the worst in the league. All right. In the game of the day, Rams defeat Saints 26-20. Both teams are 8-3. and Both teams should be going to the playoffs. I would say Goff was the star of the show. My man Aaron Donald was awesome as always. Speaking of which, I'm turning in an article for The Score tonight um, talking about who the defensive player of the year should be up until this point. And Donald's in consideration. Um, it's not a slam dunk to anybody this year, though. I mean, so uh, I'd urge you to check that out. Um, Goff was great. Cup was his featured choice. You know, no Woods. Watkins got involved, but it's noteworthy, too, that the Saints were without their top two corners. And I really think that they're a below-average defense without Lattimore, who, who's going to be in the honorable mentions, actually, for defensive MVP. He's been that good. He's not going to win the award, but he was in my honorable mention column for that. Um, what else? Gurley was good. Kamara was amazing again. What he's doing on a per-touch basis, if you don't know or haven't heard, is historically good. I mean, I think he's the the lead candidate as it stands right to second for Offensive Rookie of the Year and just keeps doing it through the air and through on the ground. He's in a perfect situation to utilize his great skill set. Very fun to watch. But I kind of saw this coming. Not that the Saints were due for a letdown. Oh, they're, they're stud defensive end. Cameron Jordan also will be on my defensive watch list. or on honorable mentions. He's been phenomenal this year. He was great in this game, too. Kind of saw this coming, though, especially without their corners. I picked the Rams to win, and I think they controlled things rather well. Um, Cardinals beat the Jags. Huh. And the card, I saw, I picked, I, I saw, kind of saw this coming, too. Because you could stick with Peterson, you know, 20 carries. Um, where's the offense come from, from Jacksonville? And Clayus Campbell, who's also on my defensive list, with a, a defensive score. Leonard Fournette, I mean, no one cares about your fantasy team, Matt, trust me. But my starting backs this week were Leonard Fournette and and Jordan Howard. And I'm winning the league by a pretty wide margin. But those two got me like three points combined. Is there some reason that they're mad at Fournette? He's done nothing for a month or five games or so. Some was injuries. Some was his, his, his suspension within the team. Are they unhappy with him? I mean, I, he's got this ankle that never goes away going back to LSU, and maybe it never will go away. But it amazes me he doesn't get more here because who else do they have? I mean, I know Yeldon's been okay, and I know we know who Ivory is, but I, I, it shocks me that Fournette's not getting crazy touches in close games that their defense is keeping them in. And the Cardinals are okay. And you know what? Blaine Gabbert's okay. And I know this is a weird situation, but... If you're the Cardinals, what if you bring back Larry, who just signed a, a, a deal, an extension, Palmer, who I still think is a good, not great quarterback, but needs to be protected, Adrian Peterson to black to back up David Johnson, who they should not bring back this year. I don't know if they will or not. As well as Blaine Gabbert, get rid of Stanton or move him on his way and give Gabbert a chance to see what he can do, draft a quarterback high, and really ride the fence. Like, I'm not saying let's go for the gusto and, and maybe the right moves is tell all those old dudes to leave and, and rebuild. 
But I also think, I think the three of them have some stuff still in the tank that if you bring them back on cheap deals and still build for the future while those guys hold down the fort, just be an interesting offense, you know, with Peterson backing up Johnson, Palmer throwing to Brown and Larry and uh, really incorporate young guys. Seals Jones, get him more in there. And he's kind of an exciting little dude there. I mean, big dude there that can move. Um, final game to discuss. Packers almost come to Heinz Field and knock off the Steelers. And Green Bay played well. They played real well. It was a fun game. And if you had no horse in the race, you probably enjoyed the Sunday night game much more than you thought you were going to. You ended up with it be a blowout. Steelers were favored by 14. Um, Hundley played probably his best game of the season. And I am looking through this through black and gold color eyes. Don't get me wrong. I will never deny that. And But I really thought this game was more about Pittsburgh than Green Bay. Green Bay didn't make big mistakes. But wow, did the Steelers make mistakes. So many mistakes. Lost the turnover battle 0-3. to three. You know, I mean, you're, you're not going to win. You win like 10% of your games when you lose a turnover battle by 3 in the NFL. Um, tons of drops for the Steelers. Blown coverages, which is starting to be a regular thing three weeks in a row now for the Steelers' corners. Namely, Artie Burns. Um, a fumble by Lev Bell, which usually isn't a problem. You know, so a lot of self-inflicted wounds by Pittsburgh. But the killer bees, I mean, I've been, you know, I guess I've been really critical of Ben. But the last 10 quarters, he's been great. I thought he was great last night. I thought he was great against the Titans. I thought he finished the Colts game great. To me, that's the, the biggest takeaway from this game is if you have seven out there dealing Throwing for 351 and throwing strikes, they're going to be hard to beat. You know, that those type of things, Ben Bell Brown made up for all the litany of mistakes that Pittsburgh made last night. And I'm not taking any away from the Packers or Hundley, but know this. I mean, Hundley, his two long touchdown passes were the guy was wide open. I mean, every quarterback in the league better complete those. And then the other one was a screen pass to Jamal Williams who ran 61 yards after terrible tackling. So, yeah, Huntley played well, and I liked what I saw, and I really liked his last drive that came in to, to really make this an interesting game. That was when he was at his best, and he is progressing. But I don't think he played quite as well as the box score shows. You see what I'm saying? Meanwhile, Ben was phenomenal. Bell put racked up tons of yards through the air and on the ground, and A.B. was the best player on the field. And simply remarkable. I mean, what he's done the last couple of weeks is insane. He's an incoverable player that makes unbelievable catches. And the studs, including Cam Hayward, who's going to be on that defensive player of the year list too. You know, Ben, Bell, Brown, Hayward. Those guys were all dominant players. And in this case, were able to make up for just so many Steelers mistakes. So, well, that's fact. That's it. That's a wrap. Um, we will do power ranks tomorrow. So there you have it. Pretty normal week, actually, here. See you later.